I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover. And we want to make sure that we're slowing down the news just a little bit on this program to really help you connect the dots, make the news make sense, and and really separate uh, and divide the rage from the reason. We, we live in this age of rage, and it's so easy to get off on the tangents and the talking points at the extremes of the political discussion that often prevent us from having the conversation that can actually change the game and improve uh, the outcome in terms of what we're after. Uh, so following a lot of things here on KSL News Radio today, obviously we've had announcements come out post-meeting uh, of the Democratic Caucus this morning that uh, they will likely uh, vote to send the articles of impeachment across. We do not know who the managers uh, will be yet, and it will be fascinating to see if uh, those remain uh, under seal until they get to tomorrow. Uh, My guess is those are going to start to leak out. I think you have a few obvious ones there in terms of Chairman Nadler and Chairman Schiff will be high on the priority list, I think, for the Democrats uh, to send those articles of impeachment over and to to make that case. So we'll continue to follow all of that on uh, KSL News Radio uh, over the course of the day today. Also, we've got a big uh, Democratic debate tonight. I think this is the most important and most, most significant debate thus far. It's a smaller stage, six, six candidates on the stage today. And we're just 20 days out from the Iowa caucus And so I'm going to break that down for you here, and I'm going to give you a couple things that uh, if you're going to watch the debate tonight, some of the things that I'm going to be listening for and watching for uh, as we break that down. And and I really want to do a quick history lesson in terms of uh, these primary, presidential primary debates have an interesting history in and of themselves. So we're going to get to that as well. Uh, But let's start with some of the uh, storylines going into the debate tonight. Again, we're about eight hours away from uh, start time, uh, jump ball for the uh, Democratic nomination. And uh, I think one of the the main lines we're going to be following is what happens with the uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Uh, they've been very kind to each other. They've sort of had a, uh, a truce in terms of uh, how they have not attacked each other up to this point. I think tonight the gloves are going to come off. And so let's start with uh, our uh, CBS affiliate uh, and talking about how that may change today. There's been lots of rumblings over the last few days. I think things are bubbling up. We may see an explosion coming tonight. So, yes, I'm with Bernie on Medicare for All. The partnership on display at previous debates might now be a thing of the past. In a statement last night, Warren described how she and Sanders met in December 2018 to talk about topics including gender and the presidential race. I thought a woman could win, Warren's statement reads. Sanders, she says, disagreed. Sanders called earlier reports of his comments ludicrous, and they contradict what he has said publicly for years. 
In my view, a woman could be elected president of the United States. Tensions first flared over the weekend when Politico reported on a Sanders campaign memo that told volunteers to say that Warren only appeals to wealthier voters and won't be able to expand the base of the Democratic Party. Sanders denied the reports. I have never said a negative word about Elizabeth Warren, who is a friend of mine. And Warren shot back. I hope Bernie reconsiders and turns his campaign in a different direction. All right, so that's uh, Ed O'Keefe uh, reporting there on the uh, growing rift between the two. I think they both realize that now that they are coming up to Iowa, again, just 20 days away from uh, the caucus there in the Hawkeye State, uh, that it's time to start to differentiate. And I think that's going to be the word of the night tonight will be differentiation. So you'll have Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders trying to differentiate for the left wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, the more liberal wing, uh, they're both going after very similar voters, and they know they need to get momentum uh, going into Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, uh, and then on to Super Tuesday. And so those two are going to start to differentiate a little bit. I think one of the uh, sublines that no one is really tracking too close is I think you're going to see tonight uh, a really interesting differentiation between Senator Amy Klobuchar and former Vice President Joe Biden. They're both sort of in the pragmatism wing of the party. (laughs) Let's be pragmatic about what we're doing. And uh, I think that's going to be an interesting battle tonight as they face off. And this will be a a real test for Amy Klobuchar. She's uh, been a a lesser known, but always just kind of hanging around. Uh, I actually uh, admire Senator Klobuchar. Uh, She did a lot of work and continues to do a lot of work with Utah Senator Mike Lee on energy and natural resources and uh, many of the subcommittees that they share together that uh, she she is a pragmatist. She she is a let's figure out a way to get this done. She has that Midwestern flair uh, of, hey, let's just let's just get to the right solution for the people. Uh, and so it will be interesting to see how well she's able to articulate that tonight and and really make something happen there. But I do think she's going to have to go after Joe Biden uh, in an interesting way to get some momentum. They've actually put out uh, a little uh, pre-release in terms of what they expect to do tonight. They're they're calling it uh, Clomentum, uh, Amy Klobuchar momentum, Clomentum in Iowa. And she has inched up a little bit, uh, but it will be interesting to see on a smaller stage, just six candidates on the stage tonight, if she'll be able to get some real momentum and parlay that into real votes just 20 days from now uh, in Iowa. Uh, now, interestingly, I want to do a little uh, history here. Uh, if you go back the the first televised presidential primary debate, so not presidential debate, but presidential primary debate uh, was 64 years ago. It was in 1956. It was a Democratic debate uh, between Adelaide Stevenson and uh, Estes Kefauver. (laughs) Estes Kefauver. Say that 10 times real fast today. A good uh, tongue twister for you. And the, the contrast in styles uh, as to what we see in today's presidential debates uh, versus what they did back in 1956 uh, is pretty stunning. Uh, I want to go to some sound because this is just so uh, fascinating to me. Uh, so first, let's go to just the rules. Here was the rules layout. There's just the two of them uh, and the moderator sitting at a table uh, with little name placards like you would see at a you know Lincoln Day dinner. Uh, or a Kennedy Day dinner, and uh, very fascinating. So here's the rules they laid out as they began that debate. We're all in agreement on the format. It's going to be a three-minute opening statement, 
From each of the two uh, gentlemen here, a five-minute closing, a toss of the coin decided that Senator Kefauver would open, then Governor Stevenson, uh, then uh, at the close, uh, Governor Stevenson first, and Senator Kefauver closes up the whole thing. In between, there'll be freewheeling talk in which I act as a kind of a, of a traffic cop with uh, power to hand out parking tickets if anyone stays too long in one place or to enforce speed limits if they get going too fast. <clears throat> but I, I hope there won't be any occasion. Okay, that's, that's Mr. Howe laying, laying out the ground rules, which I, I just loved. It was just this very folksy uh, thing. I love that he got to be the traffic cop and would uh, give out tickets if people were loitering too long on a particular issue. I also found it fascinating that you had uh, three-minute opening statements from each of the candidates and five-minute closing statements from each of the candidates. And uh, I want to give you just a, a quick uh, history here. Uh, interestingly, both of the candidates chose to frame their opening statements around national security, about nuclear weapons, about testing of, of H-bombs and, and uh, those kinds of things. So I want to play uh, the opening statements. Uh, and let's start with Mr. Kefauver. Uh, again, this is the first televised uh, Democratic primary debate in, in 1956. We must find means of transforming the this machine of total destruction into an instrument for lasting peace. We must turn its very terror into the last best argument for world peace. We cannot continue along a path past hope and fear. Perfect timing, Senator Kefauver, and uh, now... Okay, so that's 60... (laughs) That's 64 years ago. Uh, Senator Kefauver made the uh, opening, his opening statement, uh, talking about really being that last best hope for peace. Interesting that here we are... Uh, 64 years later, and we're still talking about our quest uh, for peace internationally. Uh, now I want to quickly play uh, a really interesting uh, close, uh, open, close to his open, I guess is how we'll frame this, <laughs> uh, from Senator Stevenson. When I read of this, not only that the future is either going to be a future of creativity and of great abundance, or it's going to be a future of total incineration, death and destruction. Okay, so again, that's uh, Senator Adelaide Stevenson. Uh, so again, such a different feel to those conversations than what we will definitely see tonight in the Democratic debate in Iowa. Uh, and so if you're watching tonight, you're looking for it. What, what I'm listening for is, is a pivot. I think this is a pivot point for many of these candidates. I think they've got to get on to a positive message. And in the, the midst of impeachment, three members of that stage tonight uh, we'll be racing back to Washington to deal with impeachment proceedings uh, in Senator Klobuchar, Senator uh, Sanders, and Senator Warren. Uh, so what are they for? Uh, we all know what they're against. They're all against President Trump. That's easy. We know they're starting to get a little more testy in terms of what they're against uh, with each other. That will be the big thing. Can you differentiate between the candidates tonight? And can you come out with a positive agenda because the, the test for me, if you look at a focus group after the event tonight, the question is going to be what differentiated, what is the positive vision and the positive message uh, from any of these candidates? That's what's going to decide who gets momentum uh, rolling into the Iowa caucus. Uh, my prediction in Iowa is uh, I think the vice president, former vice president Biden will end up in third uh, and maybe fourth, third or fourth. And then I think you'll have a combination of Biden, Buttigieg, and Warren uh, at the top. So anyway, we'll continue to track that. Uh, Time to step aside. When we come back, an important discussion. 
Lois Collins from the Deseret News will join us to talk about mental health on campus. Are we doing enough? Stay with us on KSL News Radio.